This Thanks for listening. Is creepy if you liked what you heard, geeky. make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. You can follow the podcast on social media at creepyandgeeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more from our Tea Public page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, welcome. Don't forget. I'm your host, Robert. And my guest today is Ariel Powers Schaub. Ariel is the administrative assistant and a writer at Ghouls Magazine and writes for Moving Pictures Film Club, Hear Us Scream, and Certified Forgotten. Thanks for coming back to the show, Ariel. Hi, thanks for having me back. Always a fun time to be here. Oh, yeah. I love having you on. Uh, Today, we are starting off my Kevin Smith series of episodes, and we are starting off with Clerks and Clerks 2. Instead of going in order, we're kind of jumping around a little bit, putting things together, you know, you know, in a way that mostly makes sense. <laughs> so <laughs> these two movies together definitely make sense. Yeah, yeah. These it, these these really thematically characters. Sure, their characters sometimes pop up in some of the other stuff, but these two movies mm-hmm. together. This is the first time he did a true sequel to uh, one of his movies. Um, so it's a uh, it's a uh, it should be a fun time. It should be a fun discussion. Uh, Ariel was telling me before uh, we. Uh, uh did the episode that uh she didn't really like any of the characters except for jay and silent bob of course because who doesn't like them well uh, yes <laughs> we can get so, into why why i think they're yeah. more likable than some of the other ones um but i yeah, also think this will be a fun yeah, discussion with the third one coming out soon yes, or it, maybe yes. it just came out or something it's got to be very it's, soon right it's rolling out with the road show and uh they just had some fathom events um uh dates that they just did i missed them all because they weren't close enough to me so i was like all right well i guess i'll just catch it on video once it hits i think in october okay sure i'll definitely so it watch it i yeah. want to see where it goes from here you know <laughs> Uh, I think it probably ends in a, I think the number two ends in a better place than either one or two really kind of get to like for most of their run times. So uh, Ooh, um, I disagree. Yeah. I'm oh, excited to get into it. Usually yes. you and I agree on the movies we're watching. <laughs> and so I think it'll be kind of fun this time for me to oh, be. I think I think you'll Ooh. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised how much we do agree even this time. Oh, okay. So. Well, I'll, I was trying to create <laughs> conflict, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So we'll just go ahead and jump into Clerks, uh, the first one that came out in 1994. Uh, and for me, that was it was an interesting moment because I don't think I saw Clerks. Um, I know I definitely didn't see it when it came out. I don't think I saw it until after I saw Mallrat. Okay. Uh, so, so for me, going back and watching Clerks, it was interesting. It's always been one of those ones that's been interesting, but it's never been a big favorite of mine. Okay. Uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of most of his work, I, I, I tend to like, um, more of his stuff after, after Clerks. Uh, I don't find that Clerks is really a bad movie, but it's just. It's just not as good as some of the other ones, um, you know, and it's a it's basically, you know, a very independent film. I mean, most mm-hmm. of his movies have been independent film, but this was super low budget um, and 
it it didn't have the same effect on me as it might have you know I, I maybe it probably wouldn't have had any effect on me if i'd seen that first um and uh but i i do i do like it uh and i do feel like it's important in terms of everything that comes later um you know including not just the the clerks movies themselves but you know everything that comes along with it um because it's his it, first movie right yeah yeah it's yeah. His, it's his very okay. first he you know sold off a bunch of his comic book collection used a bunch of credit cards and oh wow you know, and to get everything that he needed to do and you you really feel like i mean you know as opposed to other people's first movies this is like very much a you know it's in black and white i mean they obviously shot it on film they shot it with you know presumably professional cameras um but it does look like it's a very low budget mm-hmm. you know movie and it's written it's it's written well but also written as very much a first person's movie or a person's first movie mm-hmm. and it's it's you can see the beginnings of his stuff the, of his career right there but it's very rough in a lot of ways um, it reminds me of a stage play like it could be yeah. a stage play yeah. and sometimes you watch a movie or you read a book or however you like consume a story and sometimes you're like this story only works this way like for example i think everything everywhere all at once can only be a movie right like a book of that would not have the same effect and there's um you know books that maybe wouldn't translate as well to screen whereas i think the thing about clerks it's so much about the like these few characters experiences in this one particular place it's almost a single location movie and it relies on dialogue between two or three people at a time at most like that could easily be a stage play Mm -hmm. and i think it would work really really well um and i don't really think that means anything one way or the other i was just thinking about it when i watched it like if somebody could put that on if they wanted to and it would probably work just fine yeah no i i agree with you i think that that's um that's it and it's similar in a lot of ways to uh you know going back to my quentin tarantino series it's very similar to uh tarantino's first movie reservoir dogs one location uh, a few people mostly two or three at a time mostly two people talking back and forth you could really do both of these movies as stage plays very very easily and you know and and they're very both of them are very dialogue heavy and yep. so it you you're reliant mostly on the dialogue not the setting mm-hmm. and you know and that's great for uh, uh stage for stage work like that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i agree with you um the you know it's it's i mean both tarantino and kevin smith are both known for their um dialogue whereas you um i guess tarantino's is more rapid fire more uh you know uh i guess more crime oriented or whatever uh yeah, it's kevin like smith's sharp, is, witty barbs yeah. that are almost mean sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> where kevin smith's is more you know comedic um and um more i guess relatable in a lot of ways it's more about relationships kevin smith's movies yes. are always more about the relationships of the characters um and usually it's it's 
you know, it's it's a couple of people. You know, this movie's about Dante and Randall. Um, Mallrats is about you know the two guys from that one going through their day. And a lot of times, it's you know, the this this movie is about the day in the life of these characters, mm-hmm. a day in the life of them just being clerks at their stores, and you know, it's. I think that it's good in that way because it just, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of movies try to do similar stuff like this and, and fail, you know, it's, it's not, it's not always possible to do that unless you have good writing and Mm -hmm. Kevin Smith's writing is very good. Even out the gate, it's, it's not as good as it gets later, but it's, it's definitely a good start for sure. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, he's, he's made a successful ish career out of it. Um, so and I'm glad to see that, you know, Clerks 3 is coming. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's been a big, big thing throughout his life. So Yeah, he clearly hit, you know, he he hit on something that really worked for a lot of people. And I think, um, you know, Clerks is a really like straightforward and, and simple feat of filmmaking. But I think that's because he made good choices about it as a filmmaker. Like he knew his limits. He knew what would work within those limits limits and for me that's why clerks i really think it's a good film um like in terms of filmmaking and take like holding my interest enough like right like i said to you off offline i (laughs) don't really like any of the characters but that doesn't mean i don't like the movie like right to me clerks the first one has like relatable somewhat realistic whiny young people yeah. working at a job that they don't really care about and like that is very relatable to me yeah. and like my experiences at previous jobs and my friends experiences at previous jobs and um you know i wish some of them would make different choices or take responsibility but the movie also wishes that like randall right. is going after dante and saying you don't take any responsibility for your choices and i'm like yes exactly so right. i feel like in clerks you know, the the whiny, dislikable characters are there on purpose to be like, right. hey, everybody, go get it together. And I really like that about it. No, I agree with you. And this was something that, you know, when we talked offline about it and you were concerned about having a good discussion about it, I was like, I hadn't actually rewatched them in a long time. So I was like, OK, well, I don't really remember as much as I think I do. Mm-hmm. And while watching them, I was like, yeah, I really don't like most of these characters either. <laughs> I, I like the characters. But they're supposed to be unlikable, you know, exactly. Ran, you know, and exactly. that's that's the, I think that's really the point that Kevin Smith is getting across is that none of these people are supposed to be likable at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dante is this uh, uber slacker who complains about his life, but doesn't do anything to change it. And, you know, complains about, you know, his his previous girlfriend who's uh, he's obsessed with who cheated on him. While also talking to her, you know, and pining for her while still being with a girl who is devoted to him and is doing everything possible to help lift him up and, you know, be there for him in every way possible. And, you know, and then Randall, Randall, Randall's Randall, though. Randall has no, like, illusions about who he is as a person. He knows who he is, what he wants in his life. And he's not trying to do more than what he's doing. And he just wants to be there, hang out with Dante and have, have fun. And, you know, 
is he a good person? No, hell no. He's not a good person <laughs> at all. He's he's way worse. Well, I wouldn't say he's worse than Dante. Dante's really bad in a lot of ways. Dante, Dante, I think is worse because he he acts like he wants to do better and doesn't do it. Exactly. Um, and does nothing to change about it and then just whines about it constantly. Yeah. And so, you know, it and and I and I as a person have been in very similar situations to both of them. Uh, yeah. but you know, and I think most of us have. I think that's why I think that's why they are kind of unlikable is that we can kind of see ourselves in them. Um yes. you know, there, there's other the people things who... we don't like about ourselves. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> right. don't show me that. I don't want to remember right. when I was a whiny 22 year old. Right. And you know, and and you know, the the girls in the movie, I mean, Caitlin Bree's barely in the movie, so like I really can't fault her for her performance or anything, which I thought she was good. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the you know the um, uh, woman who plays Veronica is really good too. They're just very small roles for both of them. They're 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 there to, yep. um, and, and this is indicative of both movies as well. You know, these are Dante and Randall shows, and you know, yep. with with a little side, you know, smatter of everybody else, and uh, uh, you know, and this of course, Clerks is our first appearance of Jane and Silent Bob. Very very rough versions of them. Um, yeah. I think that um, they 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 fully form in the next movie, Mallrats, uh, a lot a lot better. He he gets a better idea of how they are. Um, so I my first exposure, I think, to any uh, Kevin Smith movies was when Jane uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back when that oh, came wow. out. <laughs> and my older brother was like. Cause I have a brother who's five years older than me. Who's responsible for a lot of my movie watching. He was like, you don't know about Jay and silent Bob. And I was like, no, like you haven't shown me any of these. So he showed me clerks. And then when clerks two came out, we watched that as well. So like, I, yeah, I, I was definitely going backwards with my yeah. understanding of Jay and silent Bob. And so in clerks, Jason Mewes especially looks like a tiny little mm-hmm. baby. I was yeah. just like, oh my God, he's so young. Yeah. Well, and he's very inexperienced too. You can see, you can you tell from his line deliveries and, mm-hmm. and everything. He's just kind of walking through it a little bit. It's, it's very obviously he's never acted before. And, uh, uh, but it's not, it's not terrible. He's, it's, no. he's not doing a terrible job at all, but it's, it's very, not not as good as it becomes later, especially yes. you know, mall rats on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's fun to watch the evolution of not only Kevin Smith, but also of most of his friends. Um, and that's what I enjoy, you know, again, about um, Kevin Smith movies is that. He, he pulls in all his friends and I know a lot of people give him shit, give other people, you know, other filmmakers shit who pull in the same actors, the same people all the time. I'm like. Why is that a bad thing? If they're good yeah. enough actors and you have fun making films with them, why not? Like I'd yeah. do that if I were a filmmaker, I'd be pulling in my friends all the time. Let's keep I doing totally this. agree. Cause that makes a fun a fun set. You know, you know what what you can rely on the people and you know what their their limitations are, what their abilities are. Yeah. And you know exactly how, what what you can get from them. So you can tailor your scripts exactly the way you need to. So and it gives you some idea of like what you're going into, like, oh, all these people are on this project together. I liked this other project they all did together. So now I'm bought into this one. Like, 
Right. I, I would probably do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the same thing, like, you know, coming into Clerks 3 now, which is about to release, uh, you know, soonish. Um, and I think might be released by the time this airs. I'm not positive. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, going into Clerks 3, you know, you're going to get Dante and Randall and them, you know, complaining and slacking him through life and, and everything. And it's so if you don't like that kind of stuff, you can skip it. You know that what that's yeah. the kind of movie you're going to get and you can just go, OK, well, whatever. He's doing another Dante and Randall bit. And so chuck that and we'll go on to the next movie. But I uh, want to see how Jay and Silent Bob have evolved. That's what I'm really <laughs> excited to see in Clerks 3. What are they up to these days? Yeah, since Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah. Yeah. So, that'd be funny. But yeah, I, I I think that, you know, as as a first film, as a very low budget film, and he came up right at that same time that Tarantino did and um uh, and, and a few others. I'm not remember Robert Rodriguez, um, I think Allison Anders um, and a couple others. They were all coming up in that early to mid 90s, you know, independent boom, um, mm-hmm. you know, all of them. uh uh, being financed by the you know, Miramax guys um, <laughs> who shall not be named. Right. Um, but they, uh, you know, and that's unfortunate too, because like Tarantino and, and a bunch of these guys all came up through with these guys. And so many of their movies are tied to them in a lot of ways. And it just, it just sucks because they had to cut ties. And I mean, thankfully they, they were all good about, going yeah we disavow anything to do with these guys and mm-hmm. you know we'll move on from there and find other financing but uh but going back to clerks uh it's it's i think that that early 90 or early to mid 90s boom in, in independent cinema was real fun i you know i obviously gravitated more towards kevin smith tarantino and robert rodriguez rather than some of the other more I guess the the kind of directors that they were were more not not Smith Tarantino. I Smith Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did basically a hyper reality instead yes. of doing more reality based stuff. Where Clerks is very very much kind of a reality based kind of situation that everything else that came afterward was a, a kind of hyper version of it and more fun and more interesting than uh what a lot of the other independent filmmakers uh were doing and for me for me personally i'm more uh attracted to that kind of film stuff that isn't i don't like a lot of dramas uh i don't i don't go searching them out or watching them a lot of times because i don't need that like i that's life like I get that that's, you know, so yes. I want stuff whenever I'm watching something for entertainment, I want to be entertained. I want to be, I want to fall into another world that I don't, that I don't, I can't see out my window. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's for me, yeah. that's why I gravitate towards horror and sci-fi and all of this. So action. So it's a, but I think that Kevin Smith, the, the seeds of what he does later on are, are firmly, firmly planted in, in clerks. And uh, yeah. Says, yeah, I agree. Cause there's some moments in clerks where things are very strange 
and uh, like surreal and absurd. Mm -hmm. Like the entire plot line of um, Caitlin having sex with a corpse in the yeah. dark bathroom. Like yeah. that is wild and out there. Yeah. And I feel like he sort of takes more of that later into his future yeah. films or like um uh randall placing an order with the distributor at the video store <laughs> of all these like really filthy movies and then like this one child's movie while the mom just stands there and like looks on in horror so yeah. for the most part clerks is like very very real and normal experiences that you could just have and then right. there's a couple peppered throughout where you're like wait what <laughs> yeah and these very absurd surreal mm -hmm. like not surreal but very absurd hyper you know moments that mm -hmm. you know obviously are played for the laugh and yes or for the shock value in the case of caitlin's case um and that one that one is real tough like re-watching that one nowadays like it's just like uh, that yeah. one doesn't play as that one doesn't play as funny as it did back in the 90s. Um, it's true. Yeah. And uh, that's an interesting thing about lots of movies, but especially comedies is they can be yeah. a time capsule oh, yeah. of when they're from. And um, I remember thinking that was really funny the first time I saw it yeah. in the early 2000s. I was like, oh, my God, that's so gross and hilarious. Yeah. And then this time I was like oh no that part's coming up like this yeah. is so weird and upsetting yeah um another thing that i think is a real like marker of the time that i wanted to mention is, are the conversations about how many sexual partners dante and mm, veronica yes. have had what they're counting as a sexual partner yes and then their reactions to one another. So Dante says he slept with 12 women and Caitlin is right. 12. I think so. Yes. He slept. Caitlin he is, slept with 12. Yeah. Yes. So Caitlin is disgusted by that. And like, I can't believe you never told me. And then later Dante finds out that they keep saying she sucks 37 dicks. Yes. And so like, she didn't tell him that because she didn't think it counted as sex. Right. Whereas I think now in 2022, the conversations about what quote unquote counts as a sex have expanded. Right. And also like then Dante's disgusted with her, like the, the crazy double standards for yeah. men and women in heterosexual relationships, especially about what's appropriate and what's not like Dante wants to break up with her over it. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, this whole conversation is such a time capsule. Not like we're perfect now. Because we're not no, about no, these conversations. No. I just think like, um, I wonder what the equivalent conversation will be in Clerks 3. You know, like mm. if there will be something to sort of mirror that. Because we'll get to it in Clerks 2. But there's also, mm. there's some sexual stuff in Clerks 2 that just is <laughs> off the wall. And I'm like, how is he going to reflect where we are in 2022 with this? So yeah, I'm yeah that'll to be see. interesting. It'd be interesting to see if he addresses it at all. Um, right. He might just opt out know. of it this time. Yeah. Which which might be a good idea because these two movies <laughs> did not do well with either of that. You know, yeah. No. Either time. Truly. So. Um, but yeah. No. It. it I. I. Yeah. Um, I always found that um, interesting. And uh, even the first time I watched it, uh, mm -hmm. that you know is he gets so upset over her um you know 37 dicks and 
and and you know he had no problem with the three guys that she slept with you know including him um but the 37 dicks was like a huge problem and it's like why like you slept with 12 women you know and you know it's that's much more intimate like she said you know sleeping with somebody for her is a much more intimate act that you only she only does that with the people she loves that she actually Mm -hmm. loved and whereas you know the act of you know sucking guys dicks is only you know is just a you know for her it doesn't she's kind of in the yeah yeah it's not a big deal and i think in general I, i think most people will agree with that in today's society anyway you know from you know, talking to people and hearing from other people or whatever t- seeing people online that i mean generally speaking most sex at this point seems to be not necessarily carefree but you know depending on the person you know there's varying levels of what it means to people and so mm-hmm. i think that uh you know that context of everything and this goes into play in both of two clerks movies too you know yes it does it's um so it's and it's fucking dante um and it's it's interesting i I almost want to see him try to do something for the third movie Mm -hmm. if he'll do something more up to date with that and try try to do something yeah yeah it'll it'll be interesting for sure um i'm i'm very excited to see it Mm -hmm. uh but uh but yeah this this movie it's I think today looking back on clerks it's there's a lot of what we would consider questionable for today um you know for yeah. its time period it's it's it was fine you know we all laughed we all had a good time it's like um you know in in the 80s uh watching revenge of the nerds have you ever right. seen revenge of the nerds yes okay i My loved goodness. that movie as a kid of i course. loved that movie as a kid it's hilarious. It's gross. It's whatever. Watching it now is uncomfortable. You want to crawl watch it away? Yeah, I, know. I cannot watch that anymore because it is repugnant. It yeah. is just—it's a disgusting, you know, scenario now, completely. And so, you have to take it as what it was. A lot of those '80s sex comedies at the time were very much um, filled with um assault and you know what we now know is assault and you know what should have been considered assault back then uh but at the time we were just like oh that's hilarious but yeah you know and so now you know thankfully by the 90s i think we all started recognizing it a little bit more um that that (laughs) that shouldn't fly anymore especially in the movies and you know we've seen a lot a lot better a lot more nuance um in in our sex comedies because i think the sex comedies of the 2000s are hilarious the the american pie movies um the um and and those can be somewhat questionable at times too but um i was trying to think like did those stop with american pie like are sex comedies still a thing or am i I just out of touch There were there were a few in the in the early two thousands. Um, uh, there's one that's there's one that I love that's hilarious. It's called Sex Drive. Um, uh, this that is another familiar. Of, uh, this guy uh, uh, is talking to a girl online, uh, and then uh, she says, "Hey, come meet me." And right. He 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 takes his brother's nice car and drives uh, uh, across 
several states or whatever to to go see her and he goes with his best fr- his two best friends and and uh shenanigans ensue so <laughs> of course yeah a, that does sound yeah. familiar and like the yeah. euro trip movie yeah euro trip yeah oh that there, was a, there was a there was a after yeah after american pie there were some that came out you know uh, through the through the early 2000s i don't know how much there's been in a while um but there i mean interesting if you can do them right they're hilarious about yeah Yeah. i i want to believe that they could still be done and maybe they are being done and i'm just unaware yeah or maybe they just i mean they could be all they could all be dropping on uh streamers yeah so i'm gonna go down this rabbit hole later <laughs> well let me <laughs> know let out. me know what you yeah, find <laughs> if i find anything i'll let you know but yeah it's it's so getting back to that yeah it's it's there's a lot of stuff that's questionable and i think you know even in the even in clerks too we get to some very questionable uh situations and you know for the sake of comedy and mm-hmm. it's I don't know if Kevin Smith would try and do this stuff again, because I think that he's a much more, you know, he's, he's older now. So he's a much more mature, even for, you know, the silly jokes and everything that he's going to do. He he's, I think he considers it, you know, not, I don't think he looks back on any of his movies and goes, Oh my God, I hate, you know, some of this stuff or whatever, but you know, I think that's where he's focusing on changing the narrative now. Mm-hmm. Um, and updating things to make them, uh, you know, current and and into today's standards. And when you've been making movies across four decades, yeah, there's gonna be some stuff that oh, yeah. works better, you know, over here than it does over there. Like, I don't think you can oh. be faulted for that. No, I don't think so. And I think that as long as you've shown that you 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 are maturing as a as a filmmaker in both your you know filmmaking and your writing and and everything that i think that you know as long as you are acknowledging that and going yeah that probably was pretty questionable back then then you know and just go but it was for the it was fine for the time yeah Um, yeah but (sighs) (laughs) but yeah overall oh go ahead no 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 you go ahead I was just going to say overall that I think that, you know, Clerks is still a great movie. I yes. think that even with the unlikable characters, but you're meant to not like them. You exactly. really like, I don't think you're supposed to what it's doing. Yeah. 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 I really don't think you're supposed to like them. Um, And I think you're supposed to come out of it going, geez, these characters suck, you know? Sure. I can like the movie, but I don't have to like these people. And I think that's very general, you know, very indicative of life uh, as yep. well, you know? So And this is where I think Clerks 2 really falls off for me because where I think Clerks as a movie is pointing out, hey, these characters are making silly decisions, dumb decisions. They're not being the best people, but we know that we want to show you that. I think Clerks 2 really wants you to like the characters and think that they're doing great, making great choices. And I think that they're way worse than they were in the first movie. And I want to put about a thousand caveats on this, mainly because I don't want people to come at me. But like, it was a time, like, again, this movie is a time capsule of what was popular. Just like Clerks was in 94. um, What is this, 2009? I 
I think in 2008, yeah. 2008. Um, around that time, like, edgelord stuff was really popular. 2006, so, like, actually. 2006. Okay, I was way yeah. off. So, like, even yeah, so more so, I... like, the mid-2000s was a time where this movie worked really, really well. And so yeah. I know that looking at it through this lens now, it's different. But still, I, I was like, oh, my God, Kevin Smith and others involved, like, in the first movie, you knew so well that these characters sort of sucked and you wanted to point that out. And now in this movie, we're supposed to be rooting for these ridiculous things that they do. Um, so I'm sure we'll get into all of it. But I think there's a huge difference between those two movies and how successful they are at like making you believe in, in what the movie's trying to say, at least for me. Yeah. No, I can see where you're coming at, at that. I do think that they're trying to make you feel sympathetic. I think he's trying to make you feel sympathetic um, between uh, Dante and Randall and their friendship and, you know, and, and, and trying to finally make the better choice and finally getting Dante to a point where he makes uh, the better choices, uh, you know, staying with his friend, uh, getting together with Becky. Um, but to do that, they make the bad, the worst choices and, you know, yes, they may end up in a good place, but it was through a road of shit. And it's, so I agree with you I, wholeheartedly that I think we're meant to like them to a degree at the end, but I don't think we're meant to fully like them. They're still terrible people throughout this movie. Um, Clerks two does not advance them whatsoever. Um, yeah, because we start with them both still 10, 12 years later, still working at quick stop and, uh, RST video. And, you know, that's fine, you know, but whereas Don, uh, whereas Randall is still just like, yeah, I'm cool. This is, you know, I'm good with still being here 12 years later. Dante again, just hates his position in life and hasn't done jack shit to you know, fix it. You know, he's still complaining about being there but hasn't done anything to change it and then it goes up in flames and now they're working at a movies and which is a whole hell of a lot worse um as somebody who's worked plenty of fast food i know how terrible fast food working is so yeah. um and now they have uh uh poor elias to uh to uh, oh, mock and shame and oh man um at the end of the movie I want to take each of them into a separate room and have a separate conversation with all of them. <laughs> I want to say, Becky, what are you doing? Why are yeah. you engaged to this person? Like, I understand that you're pregnant and you want to keep the baby and that's fine. You don't have to marry the baby's dad. Like, and I want to say to Dante, like, what are you doing with Becky? Like, you don't have to jump out of one relationship and immediately into the next. They right. don't even know each other outside of having like sexual tension at work yeah like that is not a relationship that is not a thing to build a relationship on and they jump straight to we're getting married yeah and it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would say if you're pregnant you have to get married and so i don't think the movie is saying that but no. i think it wants us to root for becky and dante and i just don't because i'm like what are you doing with each other this relationship is really inappropriate dante can't like handle himself and becky should be out doing other things like what does she see in dante 
And then I want yeah. to take Randall into a separate room and say, you're not 22 anymore. It's not cute. Like, <laughs> it's fine to work service jobs. That is totally fine. And we yeah. need people to do it. And if he's happy doing that, that's not the problem. My problem with Randall is that he's still acting the same way he did 12 years ago. And he needs right. to grow up. Like, he himself yeah. is almost like going backwards by how immature he's acting. And I really like at the end that they decide to buy the quick stop and rebuild it together. I think that's really beautiful. So the ending almost works for me, but I'm like, Becky, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, the ending, the ending works, but it's almost not deserved. You know, that that's the problem that I think that I have with it is, is that, you know, like you're saying, you know, they, they've made all these poor choices and yet somehow at the end, they still win. Um, you know, yeah, at least at the end true. of clerks, at the end of clerks, there was, they were, they were still status quo. They, mm-hmm. they did nothing to better themselves. Nothing really got inherently worse. I mean, yes, Dante didn't have either girl now, um, but they were still friends and they were still working at their store and, you know, life just went on. Whereas this movie, you go through the series of events, which is, you know, I think again, it's a day in the life of it's, it's only yeah. one day. Um, and it's by the end of the day, like everything's gone to hell, but somehow out of that, they fail upward. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, and you know, it's fine. And don't get me wrong. People fail upwards all the damn time, mm-hmm. but it's, I think that it's interesting that, you know, we get this, this whole thing and don't get me wrong. I'm not shitting on this movie. I think this movie's hilarious. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, there's certain things I don't like about it. Um, and we'll get into that. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, but again, I think the ending isn't really as deserved as, as it could have been. Um, I think that we, we, we should have seen more of, I think instead of packing it all into one day, I think it would have been more interesting to see several days, several moments in their lives leading up to this mm. and 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 yeah. getting to this point rather than um you know because then the the progression won't feel as tacked on and um uh unearned yeah so that's a good point because dante goes from i'm going to move several states away and start a completely new life to I'm going to actually go back to the old job I had previously in a matter yeah. of hours. And it's yeah. like, well, that's a big decision. I, yeah, I, I would yeah. prefer to see him put some thought into things. Cause I yeah. think part of the thing that's gotten Dante into trouble is like impulsive decision-making. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that he's necessarily making the wrong decision going back right. to quick stop and everything, because I think that ultimately you know, that's probably what he does need in his life. He just needs to recognize that this is his life and it's not a bad life. It's not a bad life to be a, a convenience store clerk. If that's what you, if that's what you want to do, Um, you know, and it's something I've told my kids, you know, their whole lives is like, you don't need to go to college. Um, If you want to go to college, you want to get a degree, do it, definitely do it. But if you don't want to do that, if you don't think you can handle it, you want to go get a job, go get a job, you know, work that job, make sure you do it, you know, well enough or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, do something that you want to do though, you know, as somebody who has uh, 
floated through jobs my whole life, you know, and just, you know, had a, you know, a series of jobs that, you know, I've, I've worked plenty of jobs that I enjoyed up to a point and then I quit yeah. and then I go get a new job, you know? And so that's how I've lived my life. You know, it makes me a little less reliable, I guess, in a way. Um, uh, but, you know, I've, I've always put in my all to my jobs and, but, you know, that's what I was trying to tell my kids is like, if this is what you want to do and you have a passion for whatever that is, do that and enjoy that. And, you know, don't have any uh, regrets about it because, you know, you don't want to look back on your life and go, well, that sucked, you know? And I think yeah. that's what Dante is doing is that, you know, he looked back at those 10, 12 years of working at uh, a quick stop as a bad thing rather than like Randall put it. You know, it was spending time with this friend, you know, and and enjoying. Yeah, it may not be a the best job in the world, but it was a job that paid your bills. You had a good time with your friend and it wasn't all that difficult, you know. Right. And so, you know, when it came down to it, it's like, you know, why why is that a bad thing? And I think that's mm -hmm. that's ultimately what Randall is saying at the end to him is is all of that. And that's what finally clicks for Dante is, you know what, you're right. I have been stupid this whole time. I've been trying to do things that weren't really me um, because ultimately I don't think Dante knows who he is. And that's right. the problem is Dante's never taken a big enough look into who he is as a person and figured that out for himself. Yep. And, you know, and it's taken and because you can tell that, you know, every person, every girlfriend, every every person in his life has basically even Randall has basically kind of just told him what to do and he does yeah. it. And so Dante just kind of floats through life, letting people do, you know, whatever you tell him what to do and has never made that full decision on what he wants to do with his life. Even in the end, Randall's basically saying, hey, let's open quick stop. And he does it, you know? Yes. And I think that's still a good thing for Dante, but it's still other people dictating for him. Um, and I think he'll be happy about it because I do think Randall knows Dante. Randall's been around him yeah. since they were kids and he knows him in a way that nobody else does. And that's ultimately where it comes down to the end where Randall's like, you know, fucking wake up, dude. I've been here this whole time. I've been your friend, you know, and now you're moving away for some woman that you barely know. And, you know, because you think you have to do these things mm -hmm. and, you know, I think, you know, like I said, it's an unearned ending, but I do think that if we had had more of that progression throughout it to get Randall there, to get Dante there, then it might have felt a little bit better. But because it was all packed into like one day, um, it the the the, the arc, uh, the character arc doesn't really feel uh, as, as good as it could have been. I think you're right. I hadn't thought about that. But I think you're right. I might even be more okay with him and Becky getting together in the end if it seemed like he thought about it for more than six minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's what the, that's the funny thing is that you see throughout that day that he has doubts, you know, yes. and he's really and and I mean the 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 relationship between uh, him and Becky and um and I can't remember Emma um is very mirrored in the same way that it was in the very in the first movie between him Caitlin and Veronica you know you've got a woman who's trying to bring him up and do things for him and everything but there's this other woman who likes him for who he is 
and uh and probably who he should really be with um and you know at, he tries to do that in the first movie um i don't necessarily think that caitlin's the right person for him obviously she's got issues of commitment um mm-hmm. but becky for sure wants to be with him he wants to be with her but they are too like whereas becky has always professed not to be into romantic love and everything. And I think that's where it's hampered for both of them. And that's where, you know, yes, it seems weird at the end, but I think that the real feelings are there between them and you can see it, but you know, both of them are denying it because Dante thinks he's got to do this one way. And Becky thinks she can't really love somebody, blah, blah, blah. And so I think that's where it, it, by the end of it, it feels kind of like rushed and weird and everything. But obviously there were some feelings there um, that had never been spoken. So I have things to say about Becky. Um, All right, let's have it. Well, gosh. So she is the epitome of the quote unquote cool girl. Yeah. Right. Where she's like, I don't believe in love. Until the right man decides he loves me, and then I'm 100% all in. And yeah, I am gonna have sex with you on the prep table, but I don't care that you're about to get married until you decide that you love me and you want to marry me. Like, yeah, Becky's whole character is just to like respond to Dante and. Like, Becky doesn't really have any characterization of her own, in my opinion. She exists as this thing that Dante is reacting to and making decisions about. Um, Becky's barely even a person to me. And And I think yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think that's indicative of all the women around Dante in both of these movies. They're basically foils for him. And they're not, they're they're paper-thin characters meant to progress his character. And I think that that can be okay. Not every character in every story needs a full arc. But I do think we should recognize when, especially, like, women are posed as, like, objects of male desire and used as nothing else in a story to advance the man's character, especially during this time when... America in particular, we thought we were like post-feminism. And I've mm-hmm. talked about this before, like the 2000s, we were like in the, in the 90s, we were still like activism and equality and we got to figure this out. And then in the 2000s, we were like, we did it, everybody. We solved all the bigotry. Right. And so we sort of go backwards into yep. this sexist stuff that Clerks maybe has a little bit of, but not nearly as much as Clerks too. Oh, yeah, and so yeah. like, to me, Becky's character makes me want to scream because I'm just like, I thought that the women for as thin as their characters were in Clerks, they worked well as foils for me. Whereas Becky is just kind of like, she only exists as like this Dante fantasy. And then at the end, we're supposed to be like, yay, they got together. And I'm just like, who even is she? What does she want out of yeah. this? Why does she want him? So um, 
and obviously the Rosario Dawson who plays her is a fantastic actress and I love oh, yeah. her. So, you know, it's not like a problem with her performance or anything. I think the character of Becky, I have a problem with. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I said think it. Ultimate... Yeah, <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right. You know, it's, it's the, like I said, the characters are very thin. They, um, Rosario Dawson, she's a great actress, but she can only work with what she's given. And I don't think that Kevin Smith is a terribly bad writer for women either. I think that he's had very uh, good women characters in a lot of his movies. Um, I think that this time that this is very much, even like you said, this time it's very much Dante and Randall's show um, with Elias in there very heavily as well. And so the women are even less because we barely see Emma in the movie. Right. Um, she's there just to motivate Dante to get out. And right. um, beyond that, nothing. Um, and then Becky is there to make him stay. Uh, that's literally there to one's pulling him away. One's trying to get him to stay in a lot of ways. And that's, that's their singular motivations. And beyond that, we have no clue as to who these people are as, as, as people. Um, and, and Emma's so, almost made to be a villain when she's oh, yeah. the one who's totally screwed over by Dante. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Like, no, exactly. And that's the same with Veronica in the first movie. You know, yep. Veronica's made to see, seem to be like this shrewish character that's, you know, trying to get him to you know do something with his life. And, you know, she's totally screwed over by Dante and, you know, it's, it's, two sets of women each time and it's like Dante is a horrible fucking person like he like regardless of how likable he is he is a horrible person because he makes the worst decisions always and it's very selfish it's, oh yeah very selfish yeah. um you know and as somebody who is a very selfish person <laughs> um i i can i can recognize that uh but it's yeah it's it, it was it, that's what was interesting about going back and watching these movies after so long was then going back and going and not that I ever like, you know, identified with either of either of them either. I've always thought they were terrible people Um, that, you know, it just going back and watching it again and just going, God, they are terrible, terrible people, Um, you know, and we talked about, you know, how Jay and Silent Bob are, you know, the the more fun parts of, of both of these movies mm -hmm. but you know that's the funny thing is is that the people who recognize that they are not um that who they are jane silent bob have no illusions as to who they are they are exactly. drug dealing morons who sit out in front of you know a store and just do their day you know yep. and, and and that's a lot of ways in what randall is too although randall is more um chaos um that's the thing exactly yeah. jane silent bob they 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 exist but they exist in a in a static scenario they're just they there really to... don't want to bother anybody no they're just there to sell drugs and do their thing you know yeah. they're not there they're not coming in and fucking shit up and everything randall is pure chaos whatever yep. whim he gets in his head he does and to the detriment of him and everybody else around him, mostly everybody else around him, you know, Randall seems to come out of everything untouched for the most part, um, including deciding that he's just going to use a racist term. Oh, God. Yeah. Nothing, no uh, consequences for him for that. 
no, no consequences. He's just like, oh, I didn't know this was a racist term. Therefore, as a white man, I'm going to decide it's not racist. Everybody get on board. I was just like, oh, my God, this is I'd ridiculous. forgotten that aspect of the movie, too. And I was just like, I had forgotten that as well, because yeah. probably because I blocked it out. And then this time watching it, I was like, okay, Randall, you officially suck now. Because, like, at least as a silly 22-year-old, you were just kind of making dumb decisions. Now you're doubling yeah. down yeah. on being told that you're using a racist term. Like, I don't even know how we were cool with that in 2006. But I don't think anybody guess... really was. I think we all understood that it was terrible and that Randall was a terrible person. That okay, just, I hope so. Yeah, I... yeah no. <laughs> I was just like, you can't, it is not your place to quote unquote, take that term back. Take it back. It's yeah. not yours to take back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't yeah. take that back. That's not yours. Yeah. Right. It's not I anybody's was... like, nobody needs that stupid term. Certainly. Like, that's ridiculous. Oh Certainly. my God. I don't want to hear anybody that... using that one. No, 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 no. So, um, Randall. <sighs> I mean, that that's the funny thing is that as much as I love Kevin Smith, and I love his writing and everything. And he writes great characters. He also oh, yes. is very good at writing some of the most unlikable characters and making you hate them. You know, I do oh, not yeah. like Dante and Randall. Um, I don't get me wrong. I still want to see what they're going to do in this new movie. Me it too. seems interesting. But and that's I, a good I, character, I, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody you don't like, but you still want to see. Yeah. So, yeah. You want to see what shenanigans they're up to now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, okay, we, we can all agree, going back to American Pie, we can all agree that Stifler is a horrible, horrible human being. But Ooh, we still want to see yeah. what he's going to do, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was always rooting for Stifler to, like, get it together, <laughs> you know. But that American Pie is different. That was a different time, man. Yeah. Um, I'm also... Speaking of like what might Clerks three do for us, so when I watched the Clerk, when I watched Clerks, I learned the term um, snowballing. Yes. When I watched Clerks two, I learned what a donkey show was. <laughs> what is Kevin Smith going to teach me about sex in Clerks three that I don't uh, really want to know? We'll find I hope out. Nothing. I hope he's grown <laughs> up and he's not going to do anything that horrible again. Because who yeah. boy. Well, and like um, snowballing, whatever. I don't want to kink shame everybody. Have a wonderful no, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't get behind a donkey show because no. animals can't consent. So I can't be with you on that yeah, one. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's like he took. He, it, it, it's like I never heard those two terms before <laughs> those movies, right. and then everyone started. I remember people in my school like starting to talk about like make jokes about a donkey show after Clerks 2. And nobody knew that term yeah. before then. <laughs> I don't think we need to know the term ever. Um I, yeah. that's another one where I'm like, did we need this? <gasps> no. Also, what kind of I I want to take that guy aside and have a separate conversation with him about like, number one, if you're going to be in this business, why would you agree to set up in a restaurant? Like, yeah, it seems like you're going to go to jail on so many different levels. Yeah. But I guess if you're in that business, maybe your judgment isn't the best. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's, what's funny about Kevin Smith is that, you know, he will always, 
he will not always, but he will always take things to to a weird degree just for the just for the laugh. Um, yes. Yes. And I think that and it's funny, too, because I don't really think he does it too much in a lot of the other movies. I think he really is. He doubles down on it for Dante and Randall for these clerks movies. Yes. Um, it's because he knows they are so horrible and knows that Randall himself is so horrible that, you know, cause that's what's even funnier is that Jay and silent Bob are in there and they're watching it too, but and they like... definitely have the you know, knowledge of going, this is not right. You know? Yes. And, you know, just like Becky, when she comes in, you know, she's horrified, but can't look away. You're just like, okay, no, that's that's wrong, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, Jay and Silent Bob are the anchoring force in Clerks yeah. Two, and like, that's not good. <laughs> that's not a good no! thing if they're the most stable forces in your life. But um, yeah, I love them in this movie. I yeah. I don't really know why Jay does his little Silence of the Lambs dance, but I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he- I'm trying to think of it. Oh yeah, he does it again in uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So uh, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's yeah. If, if Jay and Silent Bob are your are your moral uh, center uh, of of your movie, then you're kind of which is interesting though too because they're kind of the moral center in a lot of the movies. Uh, yeah. So you know, there's it's it's a little odd, and you know. Kevin Smith writes some terrible, terrible characters. <laughs> I will say, I agree with Randall on one thing, and that is his assessment of the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, oh, I know, I know. I'm going to get kicked oh, off. The let's get into some controversy world. here. I feel the same way. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah, I do We're not. I don't get kicked well, out. <laughs> well, this is ostensibly a horror podcast show, so maybe not so much. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> but no um so i'm not a big fantasy person in general so that's 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 where okay you know, part of yeah, my same. part of my stuff comes from is just i'm not into fantasy lord of the rings has never been my thing i've watched the movies um i didn't think they were terrible but i don't think that they are all that fun they're not um, for me they're not for me yeah 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 um, certainly they have their audience obviously and they're yeah. beautiful and well-made and yeah. I just can't give a crap about fantasy most yeah. of the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I need it. I need it. If you're going to have a fantasy movie or show, like I've watched, all, I watched all of Game of Thrones. Me too. Um, yep. But, um, you know, that last season was uh, not so great. Ooh, that was and, rough, man. Yeah. Um. So it's like, but even with Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, I kind of like, I wouldn't say I hate watched it, but I definitely didn't watch it for you know because i loved it i watched it because i felt like i needed like there was a lot of times where i felt like i needed to watch it to stay um uh pop culture relevant that i needed to know the conversations that were going on um and then i also did like some of the characters i you know i really liked um i really liked Tyrion, um Mm -hmm. and that was you know that was a good motivation for me to you know watch the episodes was to see him every week um but yeah, fantasy just isn't my bag. So it's not usually mine. I thoroughly enjoyed Game of Thrones and I'm enjoying House of Targaryen now. Yeah. And I actually I like 
So I read The Hobbit. I've never read the Lord of the Rings books, but I read The Hobbit and I really like that. There's something different. It's almost like earthier to me mm. and like I don't know, I just think hobbits are more interesting than elves maybe. <laughs> I don't I can't really back that up. Um <laughs> but even the Hobbit movies were a little bit too much for me. It that was around the time when people started stretching stories out into multiple yeah. movies to make more money and I think some stuff just could have been condensed. And yeah. Randall's assessment of like those movies are just walking, even the trees walk. I was yeah. like all right, he nailed it. Everybody go home. That's exactly yeah. right. No, that's one of my favorite scenes, even regardless. Awesome. Like like I said, I don't hate the Lord of the Rings like Randall does. I just don't care for them. Yep. So, and as a Star Wars fan, you know, I do believe there is only one return up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a funny sequence just because yeah. of how, like much he get he gets both Elias and the other guy to like just you know you not even the vomit part aside just how much he just really annoys the crap out of them he gets so, some nerd rage yeah oh yeah it works for me yeah oh yeah definitely and I think you know here's the funny thing if they had done a reverse scene and really made fun of Star Wars in a way uh that would have made sense and and would have would have been like okay yeah i that cracks me up too you know so yeah yes. that, I, I i'm not so precious about the things that i love that i can't enjoy a good uh a ribbing of that as well so it, it, they made accurate fun of the lord of the yeah. rings and so it works if they had accurately made fun of star wars like that would have worked too absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think that ultimately these two movies they they they're not they're they're good movies. They they are good movies mm -hmm. filled with terrible characters. Um uh, ter not characters, terrible people. The characters right. are well written. Um the characters are great. Yeah, yeah, you're meant to not like them. You're very much not meant to, uh, even Elias. Elias, you're not really meant to like either. Um he's yeah. he's too he he's not meant to be like I okay, here's the thing. He might be meant to be sympathetic, but I don't think comes across that way as well because he's no. too locked in his own belief systems as well and you know he comes across as just too jokey or whatever and so i don't think you're supposed to really like him as well so i think this both of these movies are filled with terrible people that you're still fascinated by mm -hmm. enough to continue watching them into a third movie yes um, yeah and so it it, it it's going to be very interesting to to finally see clerks three and to see if they've evolved at all. Yeah. So. I can, now, like, especially after rewatching these two and talking about them. Now I'm really excited to see clerks three because I'm just sort of like, is it going to go somewhere different? Is it going to be kind of more of the same? How will it be updated for 2022? And right. I don't have like, if I think it sucks, I'm not going to be that disappointed because I'm not that emotionally invested. Right. But now I'm like, oh, I really right. want to see it and see what he does. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'm a, I'm of two minds. Like, do I want to see them still be the, you know, stunted, you know, humans that they have been in the last two movies? Or do I want to see them be grown and see how much they've changed and evolved? Um, you know, yeah. the, the, the new movie is about... Uh, Randall having a heart attack and 
after having that heart attack, decided he wants to make a movie of his life. And basically, it's the making of the Clerks movie from their perspective. So uh, that'll be okay. Yeah, that'll be something. I'm interested in that. Yeah, because to go back to that original Clerks mm-hmm. vibe, that makes me really excited. Yeah, it's going to be very meta uh, in a lot of ways, and so it's gonna it's gonna okay. It, it should it should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm very interested to see where they go with it and to see how they you know, evolve the characters. I know Elias is back, Becky. Uh, so you know they're they're interesting. They're yeah, and uh, Veronica's back too. Oh my! Okay. Yeah. So. Well, now I'm very invested. <laughs> I didn't think I, I really didn't think I would care that much one way or the other about Clerks Three, but having talked through these two and now hearing what it's about, I'm like, okay, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, no, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, just the aspect of them filming a movie about their lives in Quick Stop and basically recreating the stuff of uh, mm-hmm. the the events of the the first Clerks movie, as far as you know, from the trailer that I've seen. Um, it should should be very interesting because you would expect them to be reflective about like oh yeah. remember when we did x y and z and we talked about this and they'll be talking about it now reflecting right. on what they did then so right, and that's kevin what's going to be interesting yeah because it's interesting because it's now you know kevin smith made that movie when he was young so yeah. now he's going back reflecting on the making of that movie and maybe there will be changes. Maybe there will be yeah. updates. Maybe things won't happen in the same way because, you know, these characters are different. These, you know, and he's a different person now than he was when he was in his 20s and made that movie. So, you know, now being a husband and father as he is, you know, that 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 definitely colors things in a lot of ways that maybe it didn't uh, early on. Yeah. Interesting. We'll see. <laughs> We always have good discussions. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need. To, I wanted to bring up about these movies. Is there anything you had? I don't think so. I think I hit all my various rants and um, <laughs> little conversations I wanted to have with each character. No, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and see, we ended up agreeing after all. We did. We did. Well, that's good. I just I didn't want to surprise you by coming on the podcast and being like, I didn't like this, this, this. So no, even even if you did, I mean, I think that ends up I, I, I think that breeds good discussion as well. It can, yeah. Dis, you know, disagreements uh, over things because then we can, you know, see each other's points of views. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've had that happen on a couple of uh, podcasts uh, on on episodes. Um, so it's a. Uh, you know, uh, for for my listening viewers, uh, they'll they'll have already caught some of those uh, some of them that have not come out yet as the time of this recording. Um, so yeah, so there's a you know sometimes there's movies that I don't like that uh, that uh, my uh, my guest does like and vice versa and you know it it makes good conversations because it's like okay so what didn't you like about it and mm-hmm. you know can you convince me otherwise right. Um, so, you know, and the, and the same goes for, you know, the other side of that, you know, there's lots of times where I might not like a movie or might not really care about a movie, but during the discussion, it brings up broader uh, views and topics that then I might probably still not care that much about the movie. 
but it gives me a better understanding of it in ways that I didn't think about before, which is always fun. I definitely think I like Clerks more having watched it to prepare for a discussion. I think if I just watched it without thinking more about it, I might not like it as much, but having like broken it down to discuss it, yeah. I think I appreciate it more. Yeah. No, I think I, I definitely for sure. I think that, you know, uh, of all of Kevin Smith's movies, I do think, you know, these, um, these movies are a nice little microcosm outside of a lot of the other stuff that happens. Um, you know, a lot of the other movies get more broad, uh, in terms mm -hmm. of setting and, um, and and characters and stuff so it's uh it's it's interesting to go back and see these in their you know day in the life of in a single location um mostly single location mm -hmm. uh so it's, it's fun to go back and see these and 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 experience these two characters unlikable or not you know it's you know and he's got plenty of unlikable characters throughout most of his you know movies so it's interesting to go back and see two of the most unlikable mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's true so. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on again. I very much appreciate it. I love yeah, having you on. Yeah, thank you. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> so where can people find you online? Yes. So normally you can find me talking about horror. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Ari underscore Hellraiser. And everything I write and talk about will be posted there. And you can also follow me on Letterboxd at the same name, Ari underscore Hellraiser. Yeah, definitely give her a follow. She's uh, uh, fun to talk to and uh, has lots of interesting thoughts about horror movies, especially Saw and The Purge. And uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just getting into The Purge now, finally, like a million years later. So I'm processing oh, I just, it out loud on Twitter in real time. <laughs> yeah, I got into them. I got into them a while ago. Uh, not too long ago, either. I bought uh, you know the, the four movie collection before the fifth one came out and, and I watched those all in a row. And, you know, I enjoyed them. I'm working my way through them and processing it uh, as I go. So <laughs> follow me for that, yeah. I guess. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks again. Yeah. Till next time. Thanks again to Ariel for joining me on this first episode of the Kevin Smith series. Next episode, Donna returns to talk about mall rats and chasing Amy. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. You can follow the podcast on social media at Creepy and Geeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more from our Tea Public page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy.